previously on the Black Tribbles. Back where it all began. Okay, um, this is very nervous-wracking for me. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble, and I am here at the great Philadelphia Comic Con with none other than Michelle Nichols of Star Trek fame, Kennedy, eat your heart out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ma'am. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and thank you for the introduction. Famously, you did, um, I think, Truck Turner? Yeah. <laughs> Did I see Truck Turner? <laughs> I know you. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 The man, the person on my show that like you know kneels at your altar at the altar of the show. She knew of Truck Turner, but had never like really seen it, yes. or heard it. Yes. And so we played her the clip. Uh, the famous clip of you like getting your chicks in line. Honey, they literally asked me that have I ever been a mad of madam. Really? Not a real madam. Right, right, right. But ever a like madam. They asked you had you ever Yes. Because you were just <laughs> Because I, I know who you are now. Is that what you did when you first <laughs> I said, what? And they said, uh, well, what you did? I said, oh, choreograph, choreography, yeah. I said, oh, no. no. And they couldn't quite get it out. Because how do you say the that? Said, the whole thing, Michelle, the whole And so I'm there, I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, Personally, I, you know, I, I wasn't personally a whore, but... It is your Black Tribble! Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven yeah. is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a do. number, both prime All and divine. Seven is a number, Check both prime and divine. United like the Justice League, we unlimited. Five transformed into seven, magnificent amalgamation. Super Saiyan, we ain't playing. 106.5 is the radio station. Triple Nation is the name of the tribe. 610-267-215. All around the globe in every area code. Online, on air, whatever the mode. Days and nights, live or recorded. Listeners rewarded with the rawness. Keeping it flawless like a Batman plan. Jedi flips or a Spider-Man handstand. Peace to every geek we stand for. From Kronos to the bottom, city of Candor. We about to catch wreck. Turn up your set, black triples on deck. Y'all know what time it is. Black triples in your area. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, triples of all ages, the girls, the ladies of Triple Nation have a very special guest for you. But before we get into that, the propers. This is Storm Triple, a.k.a. Kennedy, a.k.a. that Mikey Chick, and I'm joined, of course, by... It's your girl, the green hair bombshell, Ariel, the Amalgam Tribble, a.k.a. Uncanny Tribble, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy Tribble. Show enough! In the building, special girls edition of Black Tribbles. 
Um, and we are super excited to be here right now uh, in front of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House during the Women's Podcast Festival, the first ever, uh, first of many. Um, and we are here with the talented Yatide Badaki. I did it. I got it right. It's a beautiful name, and I don't want to butcher it. Um, yeah, and I'm just so I'm so like honored that you would take the time to come down. I know you are busy, um, and yeah, I just I just appreciate that. I'm like a huge fan. I'm like trying to curtail my fangirling and, and be professional, um, but <laughs> but of course, you know, I want I just want to just kind of talk to you a little bit about. Um, you know, of course, American Gods, which is um, where I discovered you, um, and just kind of that role, you know, um, that character of Bill Quist really uh, jumped. I mean, your your entry into that series is, is memorable uh, for those of us who have seen it, but it's um, it was different because in so many... Um, like uh, kind of geek fantasy based things we often see um, sex and sexuality weaponized against women um, just you know as an example as, as one who loves Game of Thrones but I, I, even in Game of Thrones there was a point where I was like okay we can we stop with the rape every time something happens to a woman and involves rape and just this kind of weaponizing of a thing that is healthy that is human that you should never feel unsafe about um, and so then to, to have your character be so in charge and comfortable with her sexuality and it just made me wonder why it is often we see sex weaponized against women and is it is it the idea of women comfortable with sex and empowered by sex is that scary to men and specifically in the show the the thing that really kind of spun that in my head is when uh, they're talking about your character um, when she was at her height of worship and it was always this uh, men wanting to conquer her um, you know through sex of course and of course because of who your character is, that's not quite possible. Uh, no spoilers. I definitely check out the show. But can you like speak to that and how you felt about that character and what you think as a as a self-proclaimed nerd and and just kind of how you've seen women played out in these nerd uh, geek genres and within the the just community, like what's almost just kind of commonplace for how women are treated, you know, even the thing of like ice, uh, fridging women and things like that. Like, how did you perceive your character? I think you hit it right on the head there when you said that there's a certain amount of fear around women owning their sexuality. We see that come up a lot um, through history even. Uh, we spoke earlier about earlier traditions that had a goddess um, as their divine being, the one that they looked to. And oftentimes the goddess had a relationship with her sexuality, with her fertility, and it was hers. Um, then you start to see individuals come in um, wanting to conquer, wanting to take over, uh, finding many often violent ways in which to do it. And I think one of the biggest cons of all time is having women feel shame about their sexuality, 
Um, it is a large part of us. It is a powerful part of us. And the areas where you create shame are often the areas that end up in darkness and where in that darkness is where a lot of unspeakable acts occur. When people are released of their shame uh, or the idea of shame around something that's natural, you start to see people speak to truth, speak to power. Um, you uncover acts or ways of being that we know are not um, helpful to anybody, often perpetrated by men. That largest con of all time that I think of removing us women from our sexuality is a fear of the power that is there. And oftentimes what happens then is if we are given a relationship with our sexuality, it's the only thing then that defines us. <laughs> That's the other way that it's done, um, which completely removes the complexity of what we are as these powerful, powerful beings. There was a time where people did not realize the correlation between um, having sex and having children. They didn't realize that there was a connection with that. So when a woman became pregnant, it was this incredible thing. For a long time, men thought women just created more people, <laughs> that they had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and those were the times when they were revered even more so. They were these powerful beings, creating beings, um, able to make the world go forward. Now, it was interesting, as the discovery became that coitus does lead to childbirth, then there became this um, possessiveness because a lot of men wanted to know that that was their child. Um, and then there was restrictions put in and there was, and you could start to see the freedoms of women brought down. All this to really, <laughs> I realize I've gone into a whole history. No, we love it, we love it. Go off, tell them. But, but I, I, I think one of the most wonderful things that happened um, and, and that I've been grateful for with the character is that yes, we often started off speaking with, oh my goodness, she does this in in incredible thing, uh, this fascinating thing, if you will. But then we started to actually talk about sex and women and how it can be something that is ours and doesn't define us, but is a powerful part of us. Um, and that has been for me the greatest joy of playing Bilkos. You gave me everything I could have ever wanted. <laughs> You gave me a history lesson. As I preached, a couple preach moments. Wow, that I'm. Um, that is. Thank you so much. I just, um, man, I'm just like I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Kennedy has something to say. You all should see Ariel right now. <laughs> Ariel, who has been adored by far and wide people have come from all over the country to pay tribute at your at your groundbreaking store sitting here like 85% teeth in front of you you t-day like <laughs> it's amazing Ariel was like oh, she's like me it was just it was just so 
important to see this happen like when you got here and to see it now it's just you know hashtag representation matters and this is so like obvious here it's so glorious that we're not even going to videotape it because y'all should have been here to see it <laughs> that's how lit it was but we can give you a little bit of this moment to take home with you now you today on black tribbles all of our guests, a lot of our fans, become part of Tribble Nation. And doing so, they take on a Tribble designation of their own. Ariel is the Amalcolm Tribble, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy Tribble, a.k.a. the Uncanny Tribble. She's got a whole lot of them, but she primarily goes by the Amalgam Tribble or the Uncanny Tribble. I am Storm Tribble because, ha, we all know. <laughs> Crack, boom. Um, so it, you can... Basically, you're going oh, to... Oh, wait, no, tell me your other one. Oh, Mjolnir Tribble, because, you know, one must be worthy to pick me up. Mm. Yeah, I like when she throws the shade. She's like, because y'all ain't worthy. Because y'all ain't worthy. <laughs> so uh, people get really simple with their Tribble designation. Some people get really creative. Um, we have uh, Tribble Sec, Tribble Play, a little Tribble on my chin. Um, no Tribble at all. I think a crowd favorite is Tribble Call Quest. Uh, Ain't I a Tribble, which is one of my favorites. Yes, yes. So uh, given the fact that you are a, a huge nerd, okay. right, uh, what would your Tribble designation be? <laughs> Double Tribble. We have, have a one. double no, triple. No, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to think that over. But first off, I have to say, you understand with the fangirling, I'm fangirling right now. <laughs> I've been wanting to meet you for so long. <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I just, I'm loving the store. I've wanted to visit. Um, I, as I said, even going into the writer's room, I was telling everyone, I'm going to go to the amalgam. It was just, um, I'm fangirling. So I'm one that came to pay tribute. <laughs> Ah. All right, that's it. I got to keep on thinking about my triple name something because... It's generally something that um, if this thing, uh -huh. this topic, uh -huh. character, whatever, comes up in conversation, you're like, oh, girl, this is my... <coughs> Hold on, let me tell you about... <laughs> oh, well, then can I time triple? Is we there have a time triple. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, my goodness. All right, all right. Oh, bless. I got quantum it. Quantum Tribble. Ooh, Quantum Tribble. But I can't name it. But, I mean, I come on, though. Know. It's brilliant. I, I think it says it all. Quantum Tribble. I mean, I see it. I see I it. it. <laughs> Would you like to swear her in? Yes. Okay. And before I swear you in, I just want to say, when you brought up Quantum Leap, <laughs> I just went back in time. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. To to my mom. Um, you know, as I, when I spoke to you earlier... I lost my mom uh, a number of years ago, and she was interesting because she didn't wear her nerd outwardly, mm. and I would never have called her a geek mm. while she was alive. Yeah. But when I think about the things that I do to remember her, the things that I watch, yeah. I'm watching Quantum Leap, mm. I'm watching Red Dwarf. Mm. You know, she. I'm not really big into Star Trek, but I watched a lot of Next Generation because she watched Next Generation, and I was like, oh my God. She was like a sci-fi nerd, you know what I mean? And not and not overtly, not, you know, like I, <laughs> I'm running around with my, my nerd flag, but realizing that, you know, there she put that there, you know, and, and, and I genuinely enjoy those things. Like, you know, Red, Red Dwarf, I wish more people knew about it. It's like such a great show. Um, and Quantum Leap, you know, I... I when I sit there, it is impossible for me to separate that from her. So to hear you just even say that was just like, oh, Sherelle! 
um, yeah, so that just, that really just meant the world for me, to me. And just, oh man, black girl nerds, we out here. Out here. We out here. Out here. Yes. Okay, so we got, it's not so, so we got to do it. Okay, okay. All right, so. It's a pretty painless procedure after this. This is, I think, the first time I've... Do it. It's your first time. We're <laughs> now I'm nervous. Oh, my gosh. No, no, you got it. You done it before. Okay. So just repeat after me. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I coo. <laughs> so let it be said. So let it be done. Yes. Our new quantum... Triple! Yes, Tita! <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so oh great, so God, great. And I love that we're having a double fan girl. Like I am really happy now. I've been, I am like dragging. I've been up since I was up late. I've been up early, but I have like this boost of energy that is not coming from the alcohol that I consumed earlier. <laughs> and I, and and it is, it is all because of you. Thank you so much. I am like honored. Honored, honored that you would be here. I'm super excited for the next season of American Gods. I, 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 part of me wants to ask, like, what's in store, but I want to also be surprised. So I just want to, like, wait and sit and just be amazed by what uh, you and your cast members are doing. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And we're, I mean, just weeks away from filming. So I'm really excited to jump back in it. And I can't wait to share with everybody because it's going to be a ride. <laughs> and I believe it. So you all can't see me because this is a radio thing, but I'm sitting here like Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze and John Leguizamo and Too Long Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, where they coached Little Miss Bobby Lee into getting Little Mr. Bobby Ray, and they're just standing on the thing like, honey, sometimes it just takes an angel, because this is just a beautiful, blessed moment, and um, I'm just glad to be sitting here witnessing it. Yatide, where can people find out more about you? You can find me in all the social media spaces. Um, it's pretty easy with the name Yatide. Um, Instagram is just at Yatide. And on Twitter, I'm at Yatide Badaki. Awesome. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. This was, I'm, just, I'm just here <laughs> holding the mic. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yatide. We appreciate you. And all we need is one mic because that's all we got. All we need is one <laughs> mic, one mic. You know what's crazy? I brought this my, my little Zoom tonight, and, yet, and Len was like, I don't think we're going to need that. I said, we might. <laughs> uh, show enough. Show enough. Show enough. Here we go. Yatide, thank you so much. Uh, Yatide Badaki, a.k.a. Quantum Tribble, a.k.a. Our Aurora. <laughs> Make it so. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Previously on The Black Tribbles. Back where it all began. We are joined in the studio tonight, Ew. ladies and gentlemen, by a very special guest. Uh, get up on that mic and introduce yourself to the uh, Triple Nation. Hi, my name is Arielle Johnson, and I am the owner of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. It'll be coming to Philadelphia this spring. Yup. Yupper. Yup. We're looking forward to, you know, Amalgam Comics and Coffee House being, you know, the official home, comic book home of the Black Tribbles. Woo! So. I'm excited about that too. Yeah, you yeah, can say that now until we show up in our <laughs> yeah. sweatpants and slippers. <laughs> Where the big hat? Pants? <laughs> Eric said pants. Will you have bathrooms? No, there will be no bathrooms. Oh, that's fine. I mean, I was going to do this anyway. <laughs> oh, that's why God made alleys. Well, if, if you saw the video, you'd know there 
there are going to be bathrooms. Nah. You got to watch yeah, the video. I'm on newspaper. <laughs> in the corner. In the corner. <laughs> in the corner. Behind a fake plant. You might so, be ejected from the building. Ooh. Eject. Y'all drawling. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're drawling because we won't let you take a shit on the floor. <laughs> Right, like I got my, I got my reasons. <laughs> wow, that's how I break a spot in. Yo, right. Once I do, you gotta mark my territory. <laughs> Yo, I, I own it after that. <laughs> my it's my story. My story now. My story now. You smell that? It's my story. <laughs> the next day, our comes in and there's just <laughs> me Jason sitting there making his own cup of coffee. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? And then give you that look that a cat would after <laughs> using a litter box, just yeah. like mine. <laughs> Can I help you? Right. Something Wait, here how you did, need? How did, how did you get in here before? Who? Gave you the keys. Oh, I never left. No, I never left. Is there something here you need? <laughs> right? What uh you got a vegan. Keep it moving. Just so you know. <laughs> Ariel. Yes. The time has come for you to join the Tribble Nation. To become Yay. officially one of us. But to do that, you must first oh, that's great. Decide and tell us what will be your triple designation. I am going to be the amalgam triple. Word. Well, nice. that just only makes sense. Yes. I mean, so the amalgam triple. And I like how you put that little, you gave the. yourself a little article right there. You know? <laughs> I feel you. A lot of triples are doing that now. I know. Distinguish like, themselves. Yeah, you know, it's like, nah, there ain't no bullshit. I'm the um, triple. <laughs> triple Nificent. That's such a cool name. <laughs> such a cool name. So the Amalgam Triple. But it is not official until the Master Triple says so. So we will turn all things over to Emac. All right. So from here on out, it's a fairly painless procedure. Okay. All you have to do is raise your right hand to Stan Lee and your left hand to DC and repeat after me. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I coo. So shall it be said. So shall it be done. Yeah. Welcome Yay. the amalgam triple to the nation. Bullet. Blam. Stand to be counted. Block. You are officially one of us. Book, book. Lot of mercy. <laughs> let us know when we move in. <laughs> Rather, we'll let you know right. when we've moved in. We'll be waiting for the, you. When I get the uh, veggie bacon. I'll let y'all know. I mean, yeah, we'll have target practice. <laughs> right, right. Take your time. I'm just saying. It might be prudent for others. <laughs> and uh, hey, what's up, Tally? Hey, girl. She's already retweeted our uh, Help Make Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Our reality, our link to your Mula Hoop account. So, yep. Woo! It begins. Do that. It is your Black Triple. Wow! <laughs> she stole your thunder. She did. She did. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I just want to uh, thank everybody and all the podcasts that have taken part in the Women's Podcast Festival. This first one, the inaugural one, this has really meant a lot to each and every one of us in the Black Tribbles. Um, it was very. It's very important if you're a longtime fan of us. You know that we, you know, we, we wild out on everything geeky. We're too cool to be geeks, too cute to be nerds. We're black tribbles. But we also are first and foremost, like, 
you know, like we're down with women. We love women. We love women issues. We love bigging up women. Um, all of the guys in Black Tribbles, we are the men that we are because of the magnificent women that have been in our lives, throughout our lives, and are in our lives right now. And that includes the two magnificent women who are about to entertain you tonight. Ariel Johnson, the Amalgam Tribble. Kennedy Allen, Storm Tribble. Give it up for the Black Tribbles presents The Girl Show. Kenny just tearing up. My best friend trying to make me cry. <laughs> I just got up here. I was good all week. Hey, y'all, what's up? What's good? Make some effing noise! I love encouraging people to be loud inside. I know. <laughs> what's up, everybody? How you feeling? Thanks for sticking it out. We're so glad that we can close this out tonight. It's been great. Uh, Ariel and I have done uh, lots of research. We've deliberated for hours upon hours. Hours upon hours. We, we outsourced. We have a team in India making sure that our facts are straight. I'm kidding. It was just us. We came up with this like what? <laughs> Um, but just to give you a little uh, heads up about the girl, so some background. Uh, Black Tribble started in 2011. It was uh, myself and four guys. And I love my guy Tribbles, but they were really dude bro-ish at the time. And I was a little sick of it. And I was like, get out for like one night. <laughs> get out for one night a season because I need to have a conversation that doesn't involve men for just a moment. Um, whether that's us talking about women's issues or just removing men from the conversation so that their focus can be drawn in a different direction. I thought that it was, it was pivotal to have that at that time because there was very few uh, instances where women could have the floor completely and entirely without interruption. Um, and now that we've gotten to the point where we have a whole festival that's devoted to women's voices, it, it almost seems a little heavy-handed, but I don't care. No, I think it, no, I think we still need this. It's like we're not in a place, we're not le on level ground yet. So not, not heavy handed, just, okay. yeah, just making up for lost time. I was trying to be diplomatic, but go ahead, Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be Picard, but you could be Janeway on that one. I'm all right with that. So, uh, Ariel, let's, uh, I'm gonna leave it to you to discuss what exactly we, we decided to talk about this evening. So we are going to be talking about um, female characters in you know, the pantheon of geekdom, you know, across uh, media, whether it's comics, whether it's a television show, whether it's a movie, um, whether it's sci-fi, whether it's horror, fantasy, um, because the, it, in uh, kind of the history of those things, uh, and there was even a whole movement about it, it's like this uh, um, abuse of women and to the point of weaponizing sex against women in these themes, whether um, just strictly violence towards women or violence done towards women to, uh, you know, uh, I guess enrich or, uh, or bring a trauma to a male character. And it's like, so, you know, why do we keep returning to that? Um, you know, one of the, the biggest culprits of that in the, the course of their eight years, whatever, Game of Thrones, uh, mm -hmm. which I'm over talking about. <laughs> after all that. Seriously. Because <laughs> I'm just, you know, I think we're all still feeling that. But, you know, there was that one season, was it season three, four, Which five? One? Where it was just a lot. Where every... Yeah. It was five? Yeah, when it was just, it was like, 
not that it's not that you ever want to see it, but it was just like too much. It was like, what is going on? Like every episode we're dealing with rape or some kind of like sexual abuse towards a child. It was like, I am over the showrunners. It's like, let's we get it, let's move on. Right. You know, we don't have to sit there. So we wanted to kind of kind of flip the script on that and look at characters um in this in this realm that have um own their sexuality and that is you know that's not the only thing that defines them but that is a part of their character that they do not shy away from um and they are uh have agency so you know whether they choose to have sex or not have sex to um you know be you know be uh you know, a party girl or out not. There. Yeah, be out there or not, but it is their decision. Um, and just kind of talk about those characters and, you know, maybe uh, what about that character empowered them to be that way. And then even how they are treated in their universe because they are the way that they are and how other characters interact with them and treat them and things like that. Because I just think it's a very interesting thing because that's not what we get more often than not. Yeah. Um, so, so we kind of picked out a list of characters that we think kind of own their sexuality, whatever it is. And they're in, in these characters, their sexuality doesn't look the same. Um, you know, they uh, express it differently, but it is a hundred percent theirs. And how powerful that is. Yeah, because a lot of times you'll find in across different types of media that, and even socially, you know, there's all this appeal to having a strong woman in your life, right? And a couple of the shows earlier throughout the festival discussed what it meant to be strong and how that's not always physical strength, sometimes it's emotional strength, sometimes it's intellectual strength. Um, but a lot of themes, a lot of times in those, in those themes, we'll, we'll find that the men that find, call themselves, you know, adorings these strong women in whatever capacity their strength is, it's usually because they want to be the ones to break them or to conquer them instead of just allowing their, not even allow, just celebrating right. their strength. Like you said, having agency of, of, of what makes a person strong. Um, and in this case, uh, you know, using sex as, a, as an example of that. But um, like you say, not all of it has anything to do with that. So we compiled a list. Kennedy's gonna be modern. I'm gonna open a book. I wrote it down on paper. Wow. I guess I could have put it on my phone, but I was like, I'm just gonna jot this down. Look at this. I know there's notes and underlines. For for you, if I'd have had a highlighter, I would have done that too. Yeah, yeah. For you, Generation Zers, this is how we download information into our brains <laughs> when the power goes out. Interesting. So uh, the first one, you were chomping at the bit to get out the... Or is our list in order? Yes, it is. Do we have the same order? Uh, we should have the same list. We, yeah. caught them, we came up with them in order. I think we did. Mm. We, we organized. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Look at the multimedia organizational <laughs> skills. So I'm going to let you hit this first one out the gate because you were as giddy as I don't know what when you met this person last night. <laughs> Kennedy made many a comment about how many of my teeth were showing. All of them. <laughs> but I was super excited. So last night, we had the honor of welcoming you today, Baraki, uh, who is uh, an actress who is uh, probably most known for her character on American Gods. She plays Bilquis, uh, the Queen of Sheba, um, the goddess of love and beauty <laughs> and, and all that. Um, and she is a beautiful human being, a super geeky human being, and she's teeny tiny like me. It was so cute. Little chocolate short girls together. So yes, I was happy because I expected her to come in. I expected to be like, hello, but I was like, hello. 
you're, I was like, we're, we're right here. And so I, she is, she is just incredible. Um, and I love that character and that care and, and specifically her character is one of the things that kind of, for me, inspired this topic. Um, because his, his, uh, round of applause for who's seen American Gods, who's actually watched it. And I guess even if you read the book, cause I know the same thing happens. I read the book. If you're familiar with her character and, and what it is she does. Um, so, like, we, when we meet her, we see her consume a man through... Coitus. Coitus. To, through the vagina. <laughs> the power of the... Vag. Yes. I think there are kids in here. But, so, yeah, so that was just, like, one of those visuals I was like... What I was like, cause I was like, man, it's, it's, he looks like it's like a shrunken head. I was like, what's happening to him? He looks smaller. And then I was like, oh, that is a thing nom, that is happening. like nom, that is a thing nom. that is happening on this show. Okay, so that's where that's where the show jumps off. So I was like, all right. But then um, the the nice thing about that show is you get more background on all of the gods and goddesses. And when you get her backstory. And they talk about when she was at the height of her worship, when she had like many a multitude of worshipers, she had temples and all this. They talk about how in like as, as beautiful and as powerful as she was, and, and men recognized her power, they then they wanted to conquer, conquer it. it. And they wanted to, you know, kind of I guess almost one up her. So it's like, yes, you are this powerful thing, but I am going to be the one to kind of bring you down a peg. She's um, like, that's cute. Yeah, and, and again, you know, and, and uh, you would think the, the culmination of any romantic relationship is, you know, intercourse, right? But it's like, well, that is her playground. So it's like, so this idea of, of men approaching her and thinking, and even um, like God men mm -hmm. from what, from what I understood how the show um, presented it. And it's like, so th they're coming to her thinking that they're going to um, conquer her and then she consumes them. And I was like, oh. I mean, that was just like, that was deep. And so I think uh, a part of her character is her being resented for that power and, and because of the type of power that she has not being able to ever be dominated. And that is scary to men, you know, so then, you know, then she becomes, you know, a threat um, and, and things like that. And so it's just this idea of like women, we appreciate your power again, as long as we can control it or, or get dominance of it. Um, it can't just be yours. Right. And, and like it was just so um, beautifully displayed with her character, um, which is like one of the many reasons that I, I'm really like loving the show. Um, I'm trying to make time to read the book. Um, but yeah, but, but that theme was just so interesting to me. And I think, um, again, just because of who she is and again, how her power works, she's kind of like the perfect example. But then even from that, we can take examples from other women in geek. I agree. I agree. One of them uh, dumb. being <laughs> I was like geek, dumb, 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 dumb. dumb. <laughs> uh, one of them. We're gonna switch gears here, uh, switching to television. Uh, well, uh, we're already on television. See, I think of American Gods as the book. So for right. me, no, this fair. is a whole. It's a cool little juxtaposition. I'm digital, you're analog, but you're talking about a digital presentation of something that I've consumed analogly. <laughs> analogly. <laughs> analogly. That's a word now. Hashtag. You're welcome. Paul Webster. Um, next on our list is Faith from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Any Buffy heads in the crowd? Make some noise, make some noise. 
If you were a teenager during the late 90s, this was your jam, or you were a Dawson's Creek kid, one of the two. Well, here about I was neither. <laughs> you were what? Dawson's Creek? That was my shit. What? Yo, Master... <gasps> Oh, wow. You know what? Master Tribble is the gift that keeps on giving. Mr. Like, Thursday so Night. Many. Mr. Thursday Night has all the layers. We found <laughs> out that he was a Boy Scout, that he was a, just a boy. All right, cool. So, Faith, for those of you who are on the Buffy, Team Buffy, sorry, Team DC, on Dawson's Creek, I don't know what to tell you tonight. But, but just an interesting fact, I actually didn't get into Buffy until I was an adult, and I binged it. Oh. Through Blockbuster by mail. Oh. What? <laughs> Wow. So just to even date myself while dating myself. Yeah. But yeah, so, I got that like first disc and I was like, oh yeah, this is yeah. this is a show I can get behind. So I saw Buffy when it came out. I was in seventh grade and I was just like, F yeah, let's go. Like my preteen teenage years were all vampire stuff. Leading up to it was like interview with the vampire and all that. So I was like, hell yeah, let's get it. Um and I, David Boreanaz, Philly Boy, a.k.a. Secret Agent Tribble, or Special Agent Tribble, excuse me. Um, he was on it. I was like, oh, my God, teenage hormones, yes. He could bite me. Ah! <laughs> um, but I quickly recognized that I wasn't able to resonate with Buffy in the ways that I think a lot of the fan base was. You know, Buffy, the, the whole draw to Buffy was that she was very, you know, cheerleader, valley girl, type that also had this, you know, incredible superhuman strength for a very specific reason. And she was so singular because of that reason. Whereas we find out there's a whole team of slayers that are just ready to go. And one of them being Faith. Um, Faith was a whole badass. She was like the anti-Buffy. You know what I mean? She was the, the bizarro the leather pants wearing, tattoo having. Leather pants, tattoos. She was spicy. She was sassy. She said everything was five by five. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds legit. <laughs> I'm messing with Faith. And the fact that she went rogue was was you know unheard of. The the Slayer was supposed to be almost a, a position of of sacredness. Like here you are, the savior of humanity, uh, because it was your birthright. And Faith was very much like, mm, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna flirt with who I want. I'm gonna be a teenage girl, and you can't say anything about it because I will whoop your whole ass. So it was really just empowerful uh, to see that because you know Buffy didn't get too too sexual. It was, but right. not in the degree that you know television that we know of was now. It wasn't Game of Thrones by any stretch. But, but And even with Buffy, I always felt like she did have sexual encounters and or relationships that sex was a piece of it, but she was never quite, I feel like, in control. Because yeah. even older with Spike, she like hated herself. So it was like she, I feel like she was still kind of spiraling. It wasn't her owning anything. Right. You know what I mean? And that was part of what Faith was trying to convey to her. She was like, you've lived your whole life for the sake of other people, for the sake of this duty that you didn't ask for, like, be you, like, have fun. And they had a couple nights where they would go out and do, you know, rowdy girl stuff, and Buffy would always feel guilty about it afterwards, and Faith was like, girl, if you don't get out there and have your hot girl summer, <laughs> live your life, chow. Um, so there's, there's Faith on that one. My next one, you're not familiar with. I mean, I'm familiar with the actress that plays her. Mm. Talk about seeing yourself. If I was like, you know, 100 pounds thinner, there's, it's me, I'm Gina Torres, right? Like, come on. Um, you see it, you see it, you can't unsee it now. 
Um, Gina Torres portrayed, the first time I ever saw Gina Torres was on an episode of Hercules Legendary Journeys. We all, are we familiar with Hercules and Xena? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Xena, of course, being the better one because Kevin Sorbo sucks. But um, we all know this. Xena forever. Well, I found out recently. I mean, I feel like that was news to me. I found out about 10 years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, when uh, W got re-elected for the first time, but re-elected, he said some stuff on Facebook. Yes, we're trying, he's problematic racially. Yeah, class-wise, <laughs> he, class he yeah. said some stuff that was just really out of touch with most of America, but also his fan base more specifically. Um, but first time I saw Gina Torres was on Hercules. She played a character named Nebula. She was a whole pirate. Homegirl was a pirate. She had her little leather bralette and yes. some chain mail and some leather pants and she was 85% hair and it was nappy and I was like, yes, <laughs> come through coils, like what's good? And she was an extremely liberated person sexually, you know? She wasn't driven by, by intercourse in any way, but she was very much like, this is part of who I am, um, and that's all there is to it. So much so that Aeolus, Hercules' little sidekick, was besmirched by her. He was just, just, there were no emojis back then, but if there were, he was the emoji with the heart eyes. He was just like, oh. And she was like, oh, hey, little dude, what you doing? I like your little curly blonde hair. I'm gonna go swash some buckles. You gonna be here when I get back? I know you will. And we'll go do her thing. <laughs> Later we find out that Nebula was a princess. She was a Babylonian princess who didn't want to uh, adhere to the constructs that she was expected of, right? She was supposed to be, you know, do all that corny princess stuff and, and play the part and play the role. Uh, her brother being Gilgamesh, um, so they, you know, Hercules did a good job of tying in mythology at that time. So it was really neat to see, um, not only see black people um, on Hercules for the first time um, in, in their own space, um, but to, you know, really get an opportunity to appreciate someone who uh, was strong and sexual and um, liberated in that way and completely, completely fearless in addition to you know, Xena and Gabrielle that was out there at that time as well. So that was right. the first time I had seen myself on that show and I was just like, oh, she is, yes, <laughs> yes. If she isn't Wonder Woman at some point in her career, I'm gonna be pissed. So, AKA Kennedy is pissed. <laughs> what? Maybe. Don't, get, don't bring up Wonder Woman. Just oh, for your For your own sake. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Uh, this is a character that you brought up. Yes. So now we're moving into animation, specifically, I guess, American anime. Um, the character of Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Our favorite earthbender. The mo what did she say? I'm the best earthbender in the world. And don't you dunderheads forget it. Um, but unlike, uh, so that was her in... Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender when she was a, a child. But then when we fast forward to Legend of Korra and we meet, um, when that show begins, you don't actually meet Toph, but you meet her children. She has uh, th three children? Making sure. Two. She has Len and what's her other? Sue. Um, and you, you meet these kids, but then through just watching the show, you realize they don't have the same father and it's, and Toph does not get married. So it's the, so she just, 
doing she just doing her out doing here, her making and, people right and it's like it, and it is a, a show that's aimed at you know younger a, a younger audience so of course they're not going to go into like you know toffs like sexual revolution or whatever but you think especially for the time that that is set in and for her to do that it's like so she has these kids you know very different personalities you know different dads and um and all that and it just is what it is and i think that it it speaks to who she was even when she was younger she was always bold she knew who she was she wasn't looking for anybody's approval um she did her and she knew she was the ish and 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 that was it and so i think that made a lot of sense that in her adulthood that she would just be very free and open and feel like i don't have to explain myself it's like yes Nope. I had her. Yup. Don't worry about it. Nope. I had her. Don't worry about it. Yup. Nope. And, and we moving on. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? And and I just I just thought that was dope. And I thought that was again, even though it's a it aimed at younger viewers, so they're not going to go into it, but that they included it. Yeah. Um, Cora is like uh, revolutionary in a lot of ways, but they include these themes, and then and they, and they're just things that are. It's like we're not going to spend a whole lot of time explaining it. They just are, and you accept them. Um, so I think um, normalize it. Yes, and I just I thought it was awesome, and I, um, yeah, I was just like, man, Toph is 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 all that, and just kind of you know you see that she's still pushing against maybe what the, the the norm was of the time, even into her adulthood. Cool. Yeah. You 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 picked this next character. As oh, well. I did pick the next one. Um, so now we're going back to the world of Joss Whedon. Uh, an- and, oh, I and spelled a, her name wrong. Sorry. And a show that Gina Torres was also on, but in this one, we're not talking about Gina Torres. Uh, we're talking about Firefly, and we're specifically talking about Inara. Um, and Inara is on this list because her occupation in that show is she is a companion, um, which, you know, our, our closest understanding to it would, would be like a, a high-end prostitute. A concubine. A concubine. As, but... but uh-huh. A consort, because I, I feel like a concubine is like you belong to like one uh, person, gotcha. but you know she she's freelancing. She's a professional. <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah. she is, she's an independent contractor. <laughs> yes. Independent vag tractor. <laughs> but the thing Fashion that made her like her, specifically not just her, but her profession. So to be a companion, um, there are schools to teach the art of it, and it is a um, a job that is held in high regard. So the, it, her role in Firefly is that she is a part of Mal's ship, um, and the fact that she is on the ship legitimizes them. So it enables them to land on planets that you might, might normally be like, you got to get out of here. But it's like, no, but we have a companion with us. And sometimes... Um, you know, when they were playing their mission, she would want to know where they were going so she could plan out her appointments. Um, and, I th- and I just, yeah, and, and I just, I thought that was such a cool thing because it's like, so, you know, so she is a sex worker. But, and then, but sex work is held, like, this is this high position that she is honored when she goes into different lands. It's like, oh, you're a companion. And, and you know, people are literally, like, rolling out the, the red carpet for her and appreciating her services, like her her talents and her knowledge, you know what I mean, of the human body and how to manipulate it and all that. And, and, and what she did as a companion was not also just confined in sex, but just making people feel comfortable and safe and all that. So it was, it, it was just like a really interesting thing and a really different, in this universe, different way of seeing sex work. Um, and the fact that it is a sex worker on the ship that legitimizes it, you know, not the, not the ex 
military, not any of that, you know, like these, these soldiers and all that. It's, it's the, the sex worker that enables them to do a lot of what they do, uh, which is just like a really cool concept. Yeah, I would agree to that. Could you imagine? Mm-hmm. So next, this one I put on this list specifically for the bat triple. Where'd he go? There he is. Where's the bat? There he is. Chilling in the back, <laughs> perched somewhere watching, <laughs> taking notes, ready to throw a batarang just in case things get out of hand. Um, but I put Catwoman on this list because Catwoman, a.k.a. Selena Kyle, if you don't count the Halle Berry movie, um, was extremely liberated with her sexuality in the, in the sense that she wasn't ashamed or afraid to you know, use it if need be without actually using it. You know, she was definitely a, a master of uh, insinuation. Huh? What'd you say? The tease. Yeah. Her, she had, her tease game was on fleek, right? She was so good at using her feminine wiles to manipulate men into giving her exactly what she wanted without, you know, powers like... Uh, Poison Ivy, who had to, you know, essentially resort to poison in order to get what she wanted. Selena was just Selena. She said, this is me. This is who I am. You know how I look in this suit. I mean, we call it a cat suit, right? And, right. and cats, feline, the feline form does have this weird underlying sexual note to it anyway, primarily because of how cats tend to lounge. You know, they're very languid. They're very, they take up space. Cats don't care. They don't care. They don't care. You working on this computer for the past 14 hours? Well, you're not paying enough attention to me, so I'm going to lay on it and have you bask in my glory. Exactly. When you, when you look at uh, cats in mythology, they're always seen as um, very powerful, particularly in, in Egyptian mythology. Uh, you know, there's, there's two cat goddesses in that, Theology, so that shows how people tend to interpret uh, that, and Selena took that and used it for her, and especially it was effective against the bat because anybody else would have tried that stuff with him, and he would have already had her cuffed and waiting for the cops, strung up somewhere. But something about Selena, he was like, well, "Girl, give him pause." He was like, "Girl, come on now, you see these people, like, girl, you better get on my face." <laughs> She's like, what's the matter, Batsy? What's wrong? It's perfect. And he's like, Ugh. he's like, come on, you out here smelling good? You know I gotta lock you up. You out here stealing stuff? Come on, stop touching me there. God. I do not consent to this. Stop. Girl, go ahead. Okay, come on, Selena. Come on, come on, come on. You playing? You playing? All right, 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 all right. And then he marries her in the comic book. Wow. Did they get divorced? They didn't get married. Oh. But her dress was <laughs> spoiler <sly>. alert. <laughs> <laughs> but her dress was beautiful. It was. I this, did see and that. she stole it, which I thought. So there's there's an issue before the wedding, which if you haven't read it, I would actually recommend you read this because it's a, it's like a little just a little fluff. You don't have to know the history, but it's the her it's her dress shopping. But so she breaks into a wedding dress store at night climbs through the sewer or whatever, you know, changes her clothes, lays out on their couch for a while to dry off. Then she starts shopping. And then she, and she picks a dope dress that's uh, more black than white. It has white in it, but it's more mm -hmm. black. And it just, I was like, this is the perfect dress. And that, it was like such a fun issue. And I liked it because it showed that even getting married to the bat, she is who she is. And he knows that. Yeah. You know, he knows who she is. And, and that was just, that was dope too. Yeah, I'm here for it. So our next one, 
This is Kennedy. Fighting evil by moonlight. Winning. No, just me. No one else likes Sailor Moon? Okay, thank you. Y'all giving Arielle all the applause for her stuff. You can applaud for Sailor Scouts out this mother. I would have I would have helped you, but I really don't know. Don't it. know it? Not like that. Okay, so for those of you I who know she is the one called Sailor Moon. She is the one. Sailor Moon! Uh, for those of you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Figured I'd spare you the whole theme song because it's long, just like their transformations. Um, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon is a story about a young girl um, and her friends, her four friends initially, because there's five of them and four, we find out there's more, who are pretty much guardians of their planet and the surrounding solar system against the galactic forces of evil. I'm definitely simplifying it. But what made Sailor Moon so impactful is in spite of the fact they're wearing these skimpy costumes, they're all extremely powerful teenage girls and their power comes from their nubile virginity almost. The fact that they're not out here very sexualized, they're not um, adult in that way, but they are embowed with a, a number of adult responsibilities. Um, and it is through their purity, their, their uh, mission of bringing love and light, that they are able to combat these extremely dangerous people. Like, their villains had a pucker factor of at least 8.6. It was really... <laughs> Oh, you know what a pucker factor is. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what a pucker factor is, it's a term used by pilots in the U.S. Air Force to describe how severe a situation is. Because if it's terrifying, your sphincter will constrict to so make sure you don't poop yourself. Um, therefore, a pucker factor is on a scale from 1 to 10. And a lot of the Sailor Moon villains had a pucker factor of at least 8.3. Because they were just creepy. They were creepy in principle, and they were creepy like plant villains and like it was just like what is going on why are you out here messing with these kids they're just trying to go to school like all Usagi wanted to do was eat like she wanted to eat and go shopping with her friends and that was it but they have to fight some intergalactic baddie on the way to class it was really um just something important to see that you can be powerful you can be strong without having to grow up Right, and in fact, that being a source of your power, that youth, that, that virility, that vitality, being the, the biggest thing, your biggest conduit for the powers that you have. That's dope. Thanks. You're welcome. This uh, one's yours. This is, so this is actually from a movie. You've got uh, a theme not here, by the way. Huh? I said you've got a theme here, by the way. Do I? Between Bilquist and, and this next one. Oh. Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Don't be frightened. <laughs> Be very afraid. So I, this is a, it is a movie, an older movie, and I feel like not well known. Um, the movie Teeth. Has anyone heard of this film? Has anyone seen this film? All right. So <laughs> Google it. Google this term, uh, uh, vaginus dentata. It means vagina teeth. Um, and, and <laughs> hashtag chop chop. <laughs> Oh, did um, I just give you spit your beer out, bro? Yeah! <laughs> he was like, oh, God, that's not what I thought it did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there are cultures that um, have actually kind of 
had this fear of like female genitalia uh, because it is, you know, not external genitalia. Everything is on the inside. And again, this idea of like being consumed. Um, and one fear is that uh, because it is, you know, there are lips, that behind those lips there were teeth. And that in having sex with a woman that had vaginal teeth that you might lose your friend. Um, and so... <laughs> And so this film actually deals with that. Um, and the main character, her name is Dawn, and she has vagina teeth. Um, and she's had them ever since she was a, a little girl. Um, and it's kind of her, like, coming-of-age story. It's like she is a... She's in, like, a chastity group. And I'm, I can't remember exactly if she's, like, religious, but she is a part of, like, they, you know, wear chastity rings or whatever. Um, and she's very, like, staunch, like, I'm not having sex so like this whole story is her coming into her sexuality but then also having this additional piece to it um and so at first I was like I don't know how I feel about it because in the beginning you weren't sure if she had control of the teeth so it's like so she can't ever really have sex if she are wants there, does she I'm sorry are there adult teeth and baby teeth does as she grow does she lose teeth both, both sets, do both sets of teeth need to mature and protrude? I'm asking for a friend. You know, I, you, they don't go that deep. But um, she does have teeth as a little girl because her stepbrother, like, they're, they're about the same age, but still he's like, touches her inappropriately and he cuts his finger, or she, she cuts his finger. And so he becomes obsessed with her because he was like, there's something wrong, there's something down there. So, and yeah, and he does. He said, worry about your own vag teeth, thank you. Right, so, but, but so at first I was like, oh, well, that, that seems crazy because then she can't ever really enjoy sex. Or she, I guess she can enjoy it, but, but then it becomes like a violent act. Um, but then as the story progresses, you find out like, so she can actually have vaginal sex and, and enjoy it. But if she is, if she feels threatened or if she's mad or if you do something she doesn't like, she can... Chomp, chomp, um, and and for her stepbrother, he actually he actually loses. <laughs> I think he loses the tip of his, <laughs> just the tip. Uh, <laughs> that gives new meaning to that. Yeah, and it was a, yeah. You have to watch it. Like it sounds crazy, and it is, but it is a really good movie. And I actually walked away like this was fantastic. I walked away feeling like empowered, even though I don't have teeth, so fear not. Uh, but but I did walk away feeling like, oh my gosh, that was like a really really good movie. So I would definitely recommend it. But again, but the the story is her like taking ownership, understanding that you know she does not have to be chased if that is you know not that there's anything wrong with that, but that that she does not have to do that she is and she grows to be more and more comfortable with herself and then at the end, there's like a little bit of a twist. Do you want to know the twist? Do you want to see it for yourself? Don't tell okay, so I won't tell you, but then there there is a moment at the end where you see her take full ownership of who she who she is, her sexuality, and her teeth. And I will say, I feel like she was on a mission. Huh? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's my yeah. question. I have so many questions. One, how do you brush your vag teeth? Two, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, do you go to an orthodontist or a gynecologist? Three, what happens if you need braces? What happens... <laughs> What happens if you need a retainer? What happens if cavities happen? Like, how do I take care of my vaginal teeth? Well, we'll have to do some research on that. I am so perplexed and <laughs> intrigued. And like, could you die? I, 
What? That's like, imagine knowing that you have vaginal teeth. And it's like, don't play with me. And you're single and you're dating and these dudes try their F-boy stuff and you're like, oh, honey. <laughs> it's, you like have you, no it's like you could come over tonight. <laughs> idea who you're dealing with. I would, I would pray specifically on the wealthy. <laughs> I would find the dudes. I would find those big baller types. Oh, yeah, girl, I'm going to take you all over the world. I'm going to do this. I hope you got your passport. I'm like, I got a pass you can port. Let's go. <laughs> um, and right when things get good, just be like, hey, just so we're on the same page, because we are on the same page, yes? Yes. Um, you're going to run those pockets. <laughs> I like diamonds. I don't need a complicated setting, just one big solitaire, thank you. Um, I wear a size 10, and I like steak, so no more salads, okay? Continue. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, well, well. This is why God didn't give me vaginal teeth, because he knew. He was like, oh, not this one. Not that get, one, not that one. She don't get one. the teeth. Not this one, she's gonna do too many things. She's got too many questions. It's like, I see it now. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. But yeah, the movie is Teeth. See it. <laughs> Find Vag it. See it. But vagodontist. <laughs> the vagodontist. Orthon. I don't. Mm, there's so many. I just want to play with so many words there. All right. This next character is yours as well. Well, I think it's kind of both of ours. I yeah, mean, you, yeah, you yeah, tapped, yeah. Kennedy tapped out of the the Game of Thrones yes uh, saga, but you were you were yes. in it for when this character was introduced, correct? Yes, yes, I tapped out when they tried to make Confederacy a thing. I said, Confederate, mm. yeah, right? Yeah, Confederate. Yeah. The, basically, the what if the South won the Civil War? I'm and like, it's and it's like no, no this is incredibly insensitive, <laughs> and uh, you will not capitalize off of my people's generational trauma. So right. screw you, screw this show. And by the way, there's not enough brown people who aren't in chains on Game of Thrones. So I was like, okay, bye. But exactly. until then. But yes, but we are talking about the character of Marjorie. Yes. Uh, uh, daughter Rose. Uh, what what's their house? Ty Tyrell. Yes. Um, <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> and what, so what I loved about Marjorie is I saw her becoming Mama Rose, as I call her. Um, but, but, but she, you know, she was smart. Like, she knew how to play the game. And she used her sexuality in that way. You know, she's not, she wasn't just a pretty face. It's like she's smart. She's calculating. She's always thinking. And everything she did there was a reason for it and there was a, an agenda behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, and she was a very, um, we, I don't think we know exactly how old she is in the show, but she is a young woman. And I think to see her be so sure, you know, of herself and, you know, kind of again, to be able to kind of use her sexuality, even as it, not so much with Joffrey, but with Tom and, and even kind of throwing it back in Cersei's face, like, oh, yes, the young king, he did it. Like when she threw, like, threw that shade when she was with her girls, I was like, Cersei mad. And I was like, and big I was, mad. she was big mad. And I was enjoying every moment of it. Um, and so I just, um, you know, she, I don't know, she just was just, she was that chick for me. Um, I get, I, I get really emotional about her because she was too smart to die the way she died. And, and that is the thing that I always just get so upset about. It's like, she was too smart to die there. And she was telling them, we have to go. 
hashtag listen to women. She yeah. was like, we need to leave. Yeah. Goofy ass, high sparrow. Oh, uh, uh, and now look at you. Mm-hmm. Look at you. I, I particularly like the scenes where she was working this the crowd. She would go into the slums. Yes. And she was getting her Lady Di, Michelle Obama on and just winning the hearts of the people. And and Cersei hated that too. They was like, they love her. Yeah. 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 So she she was just, uh, she was just. You mattered. <laughs> yeah. So this final one, I'm taking it into literature. Uh, has anyone, who's Octavia Butler fans? Anybody in the house? Yeah. Cool. Bless your hearts. I love this. Safe space. Anyone who knows Auntie Butler. Um, she, her, one of her final novels was Fledgling. Uh, it's a vampire novel that she did. Is anyone familiar with, with Fledgling? One person. Ooh, I'm about to put y'all on. Okay, so <laughs> in Fledgling, first of all, it's a vampire story. There's a lot of teeth involved today. Yeah. Ariel, what's going on? We had a whole toothy theme. Uh, teeth and, uh, you know, vaginas vaginas to be aware of. It's like, <laughs> it's like. These are the badges <laughs> in your neighborhood. Um, Res- respect the V. That's the, that'll be the hashtag of this talk. Respect, respect the V. Respect the badge. So uh, this book, Fledgling, talks about a young vampire who has suffered a head trauma and has amnesia. She has no clue who she is, where she comes from, or anything. And it's following her journey and rediscovering herself and her uh, family and the social constructs that her people live under. Vampires in this book are called the Ina. And they have a really complex social system in that these vampires are not solitary beings that just kind of weave in and out throughout mortal people's lives. Like they have family structures. There's like three, four to eight uh, human beings that they're they're familiars that they keep alongside them um, just to make sure they, one, can feed. But also because in this story, when they bite somebody, they become addicted to that vampire and to not continue to feed on that person would ultimately doom that person. They go into withdrawal and they ultimately die. So it's a symbiotic relationship. Um, and and up- feeding on them extends their life too? Yeah. The human life. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, obviously they're not living as long as the, the, vampire. the vampires are, but they are able to have families and see those people grow up for, for much longer than any of us would. Um, before Shori, is the character's name, all of the Ina were white, very Eastern European, very uh, uh, just pasty pale people who could not walk around during the daytime, whereas Shori was a young black girl. Well, she appeared to be young. She looked like she was like 11, 12 years old. She was a solid 53, okay? So old girl was old. <laughs> Hashtag melanin! <laughs> um, but she appeared to be a young girl and was the prize of her community, not only because of who she was as an individual, she was so singular, but also because she could walk around during the daytime because of her melanin and not burn it a crisp. Well, she survives uh, this, this traumatic incident and gets picked up on the side of the road by a construction worker named Wright who called himself just doing a good Samaritan thing and helping this poor child up. She's starving and confused. She bites him and they become linked and he's obviously conflicted, like right is not okay. Right is not right (laughs) with this uh, interaction. He's not okay with the fact that he's got these weird, strong feelings for this child. He's like, this is not cool. I need to find your parents. You need to get out of my house. Like, I am not okay with you and these feelings that I have for you all of a sudden. And they ultimately find out who she is, where she comes from, and the fact that her 
his his sexual attraction to her was one not as creepy as he thought it was because she was 53 and not 11 like she appeared to be, um, but also in their terms completely organic and natural um, for him. So she meets the rest of her familiars that she has had you know completely no memory of because of her head trauma, and come to find out that that attack on her was orchestrated by other Ina families. They were specifically trying to take her out because of what she was able to do. Not only was she able to interact with the rest of humanity in ways that they could not, but also uh, she represented a new wave of the species that they weren't prepared for and they didn't want to make room for. So they had really cool tones of you know, combating the patriarchy uh, had really cool tones of combating white supremacy and really cool tones of combating what we know as gender norms and family constructs and, and all of these things that, that Octavia Butler did really just good job overall throughout her career of, of questioning how humans interact with each other. Um, and it was just this powerful, pixie-looking little girl who wasn't a little girl. She was a grown-ass woman and had no problems with, they called it, showing her teeth which in their society you were supposed to be, there was a very structured way to assert dominance with other vampires. And she was like, I don't have time for any of this. And the, her family was like, you never had time for any of this. And that's why we loved you, was because you didn't care, you were so protective of us, you were so protective of this cause, and the fact that they attacked you and tried to destroy everything about you that made you who you are as an individual, and you're still here, is what made Shori so impactful for me in particular. Um, and she just happened to have a vagin teeth. Not in the same place. But. Right. <laughs> These teeth and vagina are in two different places. Two different places. <laughs> two different sets of... She had two different sets of teeth, but they were biting teeth and human teeth, not the human teeth and the vaginous dentata. Yes. <laughs> so pick up Fledgling if you see it anywhere. Uh, it was Octavia's last complete book. Um, there are some manuscripts out there that I think her estate is trying to republish, um, but that's the last one that she did before she passed back in 2012. Right, who's fact checking? I wanna say 2002, but I think I'm wrong on that one. She passed earlier in the decade, but um, yeah, yeah that's, our, that's our powerful, Toothy woman. I know. <laughs> I didn't realize how many. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't teeth until you we said had. that. I was like, oh yeah, mm, 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 yep. Yeah, oh, that's dope. So we have a little bit of time left. Does anyone have any questions for us? No, you just gonna take a minute. Yes. The passage. No. no. Wait, what? I. Oh, oh, it with the little girl. Okay, I have heard of it. I've not seen it, though. Is, is it a black woman? It's a little black girl. And isn't it, is, is Zach Morris the guy who's... Yeah, I, I, I don't know his name. He's Zach Morris. So, <laughs> so Zach Morris, I did see the previews for that, though, but I didn't realize it was a vampire story. I just thought he was just trying to... Somebody was after her for some reason, you know, quote, unquote. All right. Wait, so it's a story about a little black vampire girl? Ooh. We're getting a lot of those because the girl with all the gifts. Yeah. It's all engineered in the lab. She was. They experimenting. They're experimenting on all these different people that were criminals. They were in. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. I think Shori from Fledgling was a a result of some genetic engineering. They Luke caged him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. 
Any other questions, concerns, comments? Yes. Can you reassure me that if I go back to American Gods that I will feel equally empowered by that character built in? Because I actually think that with up to read and when I read, like, you know, how to introduce her to the next person, I threw the book across the room. Really? Um, my niece's name is Makeda, which is also a queen of Sheba. And I was like, why are I trying to play black women? Like, I was very sensitive to the house, you know, what I imagined being the sole black female character in the book. But she's not just a man eater in the show. She's an equal opportunity person eater. <laughs> it doesn't matter gender, orientation, color. We see a lot of people pass through that vagina. She said, whatever you hit on this spectrum, I will consume thee. Um, you know what? I, I understand that, and I've had conversations with my friend about it, and I do think the... Um, the book and, you know, therefore the series does, well, I, I guess I can't really speak on the book, but the series, because even the, the scene with Shadow Moon being hung, you know, so my friend and I were talking about the, how black people in general are just presented. Um, I, I do, the, the scene with Shadow gave me pause, but actually the scene with Bilquis did not. And I think there's so much depth to her, through her character. So again, that is how they introduce you. And some of that I think is because that's like, what the, I need to know why and what is going on. Like again, the visual of it. Because you're looking, it's like, this looks weird. It's like, hmm, this looks, he looks different. What's going on here? And then when you, you understand what's happening, it is like this alarming thing. So I think they do that to keep you watching mm -hmm. because it is a series, you gotta come back. Um, but you see more, you know, more of her you know, as the show um, continues. And then I think the, the actress, you know, I'm fangirling, but she brings such, um, regality yeah, to that absolutely. character and just the way she she carries herself i can't see as anything other than like uh kind of almost elevating you to black women and i mean she she is the queen of love and beauty and it is a dark skin you know black woman and i think that i think that speaks volumes as well I, I love the fact that she was cast as a black woman because I never read Bilquis as black. I read her as Mesopotamian, Middle Eastern-ish. Okay. Um, I never, I never, I knew she was a woman of color, but I did not envision her as a black woman. So to to meet yesterday and yesterday, like I didn't meet this woman 24 hours ago. Um, when I met yesterday, I was like, of course. Of course, of course. It makes all the sense. Um, so that's, that's really neat. Read American Gods, because it's good. I like Anansi Boys better, but that's... Uh, well, and, well, okay, and, I mean, we were talking about the women. I will say Anansi is probably one of my favorite characters in the show. He is like, from the uh, second he is just on the screen, it is magic. Shout out like, to Orlando Jones. Yeah, Orla Orlando Jones plays the crap out of that part. From the second he's... Oh my God! Like you meet, all I'm gonna say is you meet him on a slave ship, and it is, it is you gotta, it's something to see. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. I think it's all the time we have. Um, so before we end the girl show, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my guy triples as Mr. Thursday Night comes out the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to Eric. I want to give a shout out to Isaiah. I want to give a shout out to Dante. And I want to give a shout out to Len. All weekend, people have been coming up to me like, oh my God, you did an amazing thing. And I'm like, I'm 
just the face. Like, Len put all of this together. And I just really need you all to recognize his hard work. And it is, it is extremely important that in, in our quest for equality, in our quest for liberation, how we stress the importance of allies, right? It is one thing for women to stand up and be like, we re desire, we require, we expect. But until you have people on the side that are juxtaposed to that saying it too, we're preaching to our own choir. So it is so very important that you know, we recognize the men in our lives and make sure that we have spaces to do these things to, to uh, I don't want to say allow because it has a, a, a connotation to it, but to preserve our ability to be ourselves and ensure that that space is protected, that that space is celebrated, that that space is expected and preserved for future Women's Respect Podcast Festival. So Absolutely. give it up for my man tribbles. Um, and just, just remember that just because you are pro something doesn't mean that you are anti something else. I am definitely team woman. Thank you, Marisol, I appreciate you. Just because we are pro-women doesn't mean we are anti-men. You can be a womanist, a feminist without being a misandrist. So I just want to make that crystal, crystal clear. All right, we love you. Yeah. Previously on the Black Triples. Back where it all began. Okay. Um, this is very nervous-wracking for me. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble, and I am here at the great Philadelphia Comic Con with none other than Michelle Nichols of Star Trek fame. Kennedy, eat your heart out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ma'am. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and thank you for the introduction. If, 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 if you could, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, to share, if you will, a few words uh, about um, Leonard Nimoy and with his recent passing. I have deliberately not talked about it because it hurts so much. And... Uh, I feel safe with you. Um, I think we come from the same block. Um, it, it was not just a friend dying. It was a great loss of, of a great talent. And, and I had looked forward to Everything he did after that, and being lucky enough to be in one of them. We, of course, had no idea that we'll ever get the opportunity to speak with you. We gave you a triple name. Oh, oh a triple name? Yes, we, we have anointed you our Queen Triple. Oh, I love it. You are the Queen Triple. Uh, a, a, a triple yak yak people? <laughs> then I am the Queen. <laughs> If I can add, we do have one thing. We have a triple oath of allegiance. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. 
from the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. Michelle Nichols is officially Queen Tribble. Oh, oh my God, you have made my day. Oh. It is your flag. 